Integrated Partners does not provide legal slash tax advice or services. The material presented is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide and should not be relied on for tax, legal, or accounting advice. Please consult your legal slash tax advisor regarding your specific situation. Well, hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Good to see you again and welcome back to Advance Your Wealth. I'm your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff. We've got Homer Smith lined up. He's going to be joining me in just a moment. Homer joining us from the offices at Convergent Wealth Partners. Homer being a private wealth advisor himself. Here on the show, we dive into a variety of different wealth management related topics. And today we've got a great topic lined up for you guys. It's a topic that we have hit in a prior episode on really a more granular basis in terms of what it is and how it, the inner workings of it really function. But today we're going to be taking kind of a new lens at this topic. We're going to be refreshing, reframing, and really exposing some real value that this strategy has for business owners as well as a business itself. What am I talking about? I'm talking about an employee stock ownership plan or an ESOP for short. So today we're going to be talking about what those benefits are. Also, of course, what an ESOP really is at its core, but how this can be leveraged specifically from a tax planning perspective for business owners. So with that, let's go ahead and welcome Homer aboard to get the conversation rolling. Homer, good to see you today. How you doing? Hey, Ryan, good to be here. And um, yeah, thanks for reframing that up a bit. I know recently we did a an episode talking about some of the, the tax strategies around a business sale. And and while we touched on a number of topics, you know, we didn't dive into the ESOP as much and, and actually just recently had a, a conversation with a client um, that led to a discussion around how an ESOP could be a fit. I was like, you know, this would be a good topic again to to dive back into and, and, and kind of in this light of tax planning around a sale mm -hmm. of a business, how, how this could fit. So uh, looking forward to the the conversation around that today. Yeah, yeah. Well, why don't we start high level? You know, for anybody that didn't have a chance to tune into that episode, why don't you just frame it up for us? What is an ESOP? How does it kind of function, and why are we even talking about it in the first place today? Yeah. So an ESOP, I think, it works really well in general for a company that has you know really strong employee culture and an owner that is you know wanting to transition the company and keep that culture in place. And also an owner who may not uh, feel like the most, um, you know, highest value sale price is the most important factor, just the way that, that ESOPs are valued. Uh, you're not necessarily going to get some synergistic value out of it. So that, the, you know, the ultimate, you know, sale price isn't the most important factor, but really the, the employee culture and, and passing on a, a legacy within the company is more important. So, you know, in general, what, a, what an ESOP is. Um, is a effectively a retirement plan, a qualified retirement plan that that trust that is buying the shares of the company from the owner, and then allocating those shares out to the existing employees. You know, based on uh, salary, time in the business, um, their role. There's a few factors that impact how how much each of them might get, but basically all eligible employees would have some level of allocation of, of the shares. And and the thinking behind an ESOP often is. You know, if somebody actually has a direct ownership, um, you know, share, um, it, are they going to be a little motivated uh, with the day-to-day -day work because they're now an owner and they've got more direct incentive uh, to drive value in the company? And there's been some studies by Rutgers that that show that there's a slight improvement uh, to the overall performance of the company from an ESOP uh, for having that. Uh, but also, you know, from the owner selling, there's there's some significant tax advantages that we can get into uh, today as well. But but in general, it's a way to pass the company, uh, transition the company from an owner uh, to the employees um, with a lot of structure and support around it to, to make sure there's really strong management um, of the company um, left going forward as well. 
Sure, sure. And Homer, you know, we're coming off the heels of a conversation on this show where we talked a lot about some of the tax considerations that a business owner should have when they're approaching the sale of their business amid a, you know, a ton of other considerations. But so let's, let's shift the focus, you know, so for folks that want that more granular conversation about how an ESOP really functions for their business, I recommend traveling back in time, check out a prior episode where Homer and I dove into ESOP specifically. But today, Homer, why don't we now pivot down the road from the tax planning perspective? Why is an ESOP valuable? Uh, let's start with the lens from the business and then we can talk about the owner, but why would an ESOP be beneficial from a tax planning perspective for a business as a whole? Yeah. So, so first I'll start with saying there's a lot of potential advantages to, to structuring your business as an ESOP sale. Um, there's one major disadvantage in that this is effectively um, a leveraged buyout of the owner. So whether it's through bank financing and or um, owner financing, you're, you're piling a significant amount of debt on the balance sheet of the company in order to, to complete an ESOP transaction. Uh, but with that comes some very large advantages. So first, as part of the process, just like with like a profit sharing plan or a defined or defined benefit plan for a business, um, the the business is making contributions into the retirement plan on behalf of the employees, and that works the exact same way with an ESOP. So each year, the business will be allocating dollars into the ESOP plan that would then be allocated amongst the employees, and that ESOP contribution is tax deductible, just like it would be for any other qualified retirement plan. Uh, but I mentioned the debt, and that's a, a critical factor to all of this. And that um, typically when a business takes on debt, they do get some deductibility on the interest payments uh, for that debt, which helps you know, with the cash flow of that. But the principal payments are not tax deductible and typically in general. However, with an ESOP, um, that is this, I believe it may be the only debt structure out there where both the principal and interest payments are tax deductible. So while it is a, a pretty significant burden on the business to pay down that debt, at least all payments to pay off that debt are tax deductible. So that's a huge advantage. Um, and one last advantage for the company is once all the debt is paid off, um, and if the company is structured um, in, in, as an S-Corp going forward, once all that debt is paid off, because the company now is effectively owned by a qualified retirement plan, the company no longer pays income taxes on its earned income. And so a huge benefit to that, if that company is going to be an ongoing concern, stay in business, um, imagine a competitive advantage where you're not having to deal with federal and or state income taxes as part of your balance or your ongoing um, cash flow and income statement. You know, it could be a 30 to 50 percent cash flow advantage, depending on what state you're in um, as you go out and compete to, to grow and, and hire or retain employees. So, you know, pretty significant advantages to the company uh, from a tax perspective. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. Homer. So thanks for uh, shedding some light there on those, but let's, let's pivot now to the owner specifically. Uh, I, you know, we hear the benefits from the business, but why would a owner, you know, be considering this for themselves? What can an ESOP really do for them as they're looking to maybe either sell or, or move further into the business as a whole? Yeah. So we mentioned, you know, I mentioned at the opening, typically when you do an ESOP transaction, you're not going to necessarily get the highest value that you might in an open market transaction, just because of the, the requirements um, in terms of the valuation methodology used. And so there might be a slight disadvantage for that, but where you can make up for it as an owner is in some of the significant tax benefits. So um, when you sell um, your company to an ESOP, if structured as a C corporation, when you sell it, um, and we can get into some of the mechanics of how you go from C to S in the future, but if you sell as a C corp and you sell at least 30% of your shares to the ESOP, 
um, you're able to defer out the gain on the sale indefinitely as long as you then structure the investments that you would invest into in the right way. This is called a 1042 transaction. So many people are familiar in real estate with a 1031 exchange where they're able to exchange the value into another piece of real estate and defer out the gain. This is very similar. So with a 1042 exchange, you're able to defer the sale on your corporate stock as long as you invest in uh, approved you know, other typically US-based um, corporate stock or debt. Um, and you know, we would obviously get into the nuances if that conversation ever came up, but it allows you to you know, potentially indefinitely defer out the gain. And if you didn't need access to that capital, um, if you then were to ultimately pass away at some point in the future, you can get a step up uh, for your family on that. So it's a pretty significant tax benefit that comes with some, some requirements, again, on how you manage the money and how you access the capital. Uh, but again, on a pretty significant transaction, being able to defer out um, that immediate tax is a pretty significant benefit. I'd say so. And, and Homer, I mean, it, there's benefits on both sides of the aisle, obviously with considerations that go alongside them. But I think one thing that would be super helpful for our audience is if they could hear, you know, an example, a story, perhaps. I know you have conversations surrounding ESOPs with a lot of your business owner clients. Anything come to mind that could maybe even just kind of bring all this value that we're sharing to, you know, to put a story behind it or to put some faces behind it even? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll start um, as we dive into that. I could definitely give some examples by just saying it definitely isn't for everybody. So, I mean, the tax benefits sound pretty amazing, right? You, the business after the transaction is complete and debt is paid off as a tax-free business, the owner um, can receive the proceeds and, and potentially not pay tax uh, on the proceeds for their lifetime. You know, it seems like a pretty, well, why wouldn't everybody just do this? Um, in reality, you know, as we've run this analysis for multiple clients, at the end of the day, there's, you know, a very certain type of business that um, you need to be running or types of businesses generally, you know, high cash flow, consistent cash flow because of the debt burden this puts on the business. You need to know that you're going to have consistent cash flow coming in to pay that. So businesses that have very large up and down cyclical um, periods, you know, this may not be, you know, a structure that could could make sense for them. So I'll just start by saying it's not for everybody. And so as we get into the conversation, you know, we pretty whittle, we pretty quickly start to whittle down, you know, the number of options for clients. And this is typically one of the first ones we kick out, depending on, again, uh, the cycles in their business and, and how it might fit. Um, but as we get into it, as clients that have actually moved forward, so we've worked with clients that have completed ESOP transactions. Um, they have definitely uh, discussed with us post-transaction that they, they have talked to employees that are now a part of the ESOP structure that have an allocation of shares through the ESOP trust. And they've definitely um, commented on the fact that they, it does change their mindset and how they approach the day-to-day -day of the business, knowing that they have a more direct um, ownership of it. And they want to see the value of those shares rise uh, over time. And, and we're working with you know, uh, owner on having completed that 1042 um, transaction. And, and while, um, again, it's a, it's a process and there's a lot of moving pieces that you have to deal with when setting up that structure, the ability to have avoided all of the tax on that sale and allowing a larger dollar amount um, to continue to grow and work for them over time allowed them to achieve a number of other goals um, as we had additional growth from that capital. And while we did ultimately do some sales and, and realize some of those gains, we were able to slice and dice how we did that and, and kind of pick and choose when we pay the taxes. So we've seen some direct um, benefits uh, from the clients we work with that have done this transaction. So again, there's a lot of moving pieces. It's a pretty mm -hmm. complex structure. Uh, but in the end of the day, if, if you do decide to move forward to this transaction, 
because you're selling it effectively back to the business itself, uh, you're not typically needing to involve as many intermediaries that you would if you're doing an external sale. So you're, you know, you may be able to reduce the cost of sale by a couple few percent just because you're not having to pay an investment bank or, or business broker. Um, but, um, but again, it's, it's, again, it's not right for everybody. Um, but if we do, you know, part of the process, and I'm sure one of your next questions would be, well, you know, if, if someone wanted to know more, how would that look? You know, it really is important to dig into the employee culture you have and how important it is passing on the legacy of the company and kind of keeping your structure in place versus a, you know, a much larger company coming in and, and kind of changing around everything. And, and again, looking at, the tax planning and the cash flow planning of can the structure actually work? Would you put the, the business financials of the company at risk by piling on a significant amount of debt um, that they would have to then service, you know, for the first five to seven years to, before they got to the other side and all the other tax benefits of this? Is it, is it, make, you know, can you make sure they can do that without hindering the ability to, to run the company? So it's so a lot yeah. of factors, but, but if all of those things align, you know, this, this solution can be pretty significant from a, from a tax planning standpoint. Well, very much so. And, and it, I mean, it's, it's not a one size fits all solution. It's very custom tailored to a business owner, their unique situation outside of the business. And then of course the business itself and inside. So a lot of considerations go through and that being said, Homer, so let's say somebody, I'll take my, my typical question. And I'll extend it to leave it a little further even. And that is not only if somebody would be interested in reaching out to your team to kind of pick their brains about an ESOP, um, you know, a, what would be the best way they can get in touch with you, but B, what does that conversation look like? You know, there's a lot of intricacies to a given business, not only the business, but also the owner's life. So what does that conversation look like and how do you guys really launch that process? Yeah. So good question. So first, you know, we're going to look at all of the different options that are available to them when it comes to a transition out of the business. And what we'll find is often they might even come to us or be referred to us because somebody in a mastermind group, you know, Vistage group or some other group they're a part of might have mentioned that they've completed an ESOP and here's all the benefits of it and here's how awesome it is. And, and they'll come to us and say, hey, you know, we heard how great ESOPs are. What, what is this thing? How does it work? And does it work for us? And so we'll start from a bigger conversation of, okay, if, you know, if you're thinking about exiting, let's look at all the different ways you can exit from a, you know, a synergistic you know, buyer to a private equity group to ESOP to, you know, management buyout, all of the different options that are available to you Let's review the pros and cons, advantages and disadvantages of all of them and, and kind of come to determine, is this something that we should even keep on the table? And once we determine that, hey, yeah, this is this is an option that makes a lot of sense um, in general, you know, let's start getting into the weeds. What's the cash flow of the company look like now? And what would we anticipate it to look like going forward? Are you as an owner willing to accept some level of risk um, on the other side of this? Because even if a bank comes in and provides a significant amount of the financing, they're typically going to require that the owner keep a pretty significant um, amount of the value of the transaction in a seller note. And they don't get paid fully on that until the bank gets paid off first. And so you're keeping some level of risk in the transaction. Are you willing to do that? Um, and so there's a lot of factors uh, that we need to consider to ultimately whether this works out. Um, and, and while I think there's well over 6,000 uh, ESOPs out there in the market today, um, I would say it's a very, still a very, very small, small number of, of transactions that happen on an annual basis end up coming in the form of an ESOP, because even though it does have all these benefits, um, as we get really into the weeds and really factoring each of them, um, again, it has to be the right fit, right time, right kind of company, right kind of cash flow for it to ultimately work. But for those that it does work for, it can be a really powerful vehicle. 
And Homer, for anybody that is, in fact, interested in having that conversation with you to see if this might be the right fit, what is the best way they could get in touch with you guys? The yeah, best way to reach out to me um, and set up an initial consultation and we'll happily, again, walk you through, you know, ESOPs in general, get into more of the weeds of it on the conversation with you. We'll ask, obviously, a lot of information on your business and, and determine, hey, is, is this something that really is a fit? And, and are there other um, sales structures that you should be considering in addition uh, to an ESOP and then help help think through, you know, what the next steps would be for you to really get to the bottom of, of if it is a fit. But yeah, I would love to have that conversation with you. Uh, so yeah, happy for you to reach out, email me uh, directly and, and um, we can start a conversation and go from there. Fantastic. Well, Homer, I appreciate you carving some time out of your busy schedule to jump into ESOPs again with me and uh, looking forward to being back on the next one with you. All right. Sounds good, Ryan. Thanks for having us. And uh, yeah, we'll look forward to talking with all of you soon. Of course, of course. And hey, folks, we're going to take one final moment, as we always do on the show, and thank you all for stopping by and spending some time with us. If you did enjoy today's conversation, you learned a thing or two, you took something away from today's discussion around ESOPs, well, make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whichever platform you checked us out on today so that you don't miss out on great content just like this, where Homer and I unpack these different wealth management discussions that could benefit you, your business, uh, or really just make you question the way you're doing something currently. Before Homer, I'm Ryan. We want to go ahead and say so long now, but we appreciate you stopping by and being with us on Advance Your Wealth. All opinions expressed by Homer Smith are solely Smith's opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Integrated Wealth Concepts, LLC, Integrated, or its parent company or affiliates and may have been previously disseminated by Smith on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Smith as a specific inducement to make particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his opinion. Smith's opinions are based on information he considers reliable, but neither integrated nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. Smith, integrated, its affiliates and or subsidiaries are not under any obligation to update or correct any information provided. Smith's statements and opinions are subject to change without notice. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Neither Smith nor integrated guarantees any specific outcome or profit. You should be aware of the real risk of loss in following any strategy or investment discussed by Smith or anyone else. Strategies or investments discussed may fluctuate in price or value. Investors may get back less than invested. Investments or strategies mentioned on this website or in the show may not be suitable for you. This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. You must make an independent decision regarding investments or strategies mentioned by Smith. Before acting on information you hear, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular circumstances and strongly consider seeking advice from your own financial or investment advisor. Investment advice offered through Integrated Financial Partners, a registered investment advisor. Integrated Financial Partners provides investment advisory services through several doing business as names. The information in this material is for general information only and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Integrated Financial Partners does not provide legal, tax, mortgage advice, or services. 